Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Time Between Times Storytelling with me, Owen Staten. The sky outside is grey. The darkness grows stronger and the light starts to fade. But that's not a time to get down or fall into despair. It's a time where you can create your own light. Let your creativity shine. And let the darkness be lit by the glow that is you. Welcome to Time Between Times Storytelling, a place where traditional tales are told by me. And today's tale was suggested to me by Mark Greenall. Mark, I am always grateful for your support, and I thank you for this wonderful tale. It's dedicated to my good friend Amy Boucher, who has had some very good news this week. And, of course, as we all know, is the Queen of Shropshire. So, my friends, sit back, relax, close your eyes if it's safe to do so, and take a deep breath, and come with me to the fire pit at the heart of the forest. You can hear the rain patting on the window. Pit, pat. It's like someone just tapping on the glass, trying to draw your attention. And maybe it is, because you are headed to the fire pit. You get up and put on your wet weather coat. You step outside and close the door, feeling the key turning in the lock as you turn around and walk the path to the main road. There is a mist tonight, a fog, like a blanket that hovers over the whole land, giving the street lights an eerie glow. But you can still see the sun, just about, and also the moon. You take a right turn and head towards the forest, and there in front of you the trees stretch to the sky. It's like a wall between you and where you want to go. Many people would come across that wall and stop, thinking they could go no further, but not you. Because you know a way in. You look amongst the trees, and there you see it. The start of the forest path. You set foot on it and feel your feet sink into the grass and dead leaves. And then you start to walk. You have to duck slightly under a branch to get onto the path. But once you are there, you leave the rest of the world behind. The path goes past the old mossy tower. You look up on the first floor, and there there is an old broken window. You thought for a moment that you saw someone looking down. But then you carried on and came across the babbling brook. For a moment you see a few fish swimming swiftly towards the river. You place your hand in the water and feel the cold lap over your fingers. But then you look up and you can see it in the distance. The flickering flame of the fire pit. And you step towards it. Already your friends are here gathered around. They look at you and smile their eyes full of welcome. 
You step in there, there in the clearing, and look to the sky. Because there in a gap of the trees above you is both the sun and the moon, and you take your seat on an old mossy log. It shouldn't be, but it's the most comfy place you will ever go. The storyteller rises. You can feel the heat from the flame on your hands and on your feet. And he starts his tale traditionally told. Because you were here at the time between times, the time it is neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, the time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin, so thin that for a few moments, and just a few moments, you can reach into the fairy realm. You can see them there, looking back at us, welcoming us, for a few moments, there are lights in the sky. What they are, we do not know, but they are most welcome. And for a few moments, the trees are flitted with figuring phantoms from years gone by. Ghosts of the past who wish to join our stories. Far away we can hear the howl of wolves, we can hear the growl of bears, but we know we are safe, safe right here at the heart of the forest, where today's tale begins. Long ago and far away, in fair Shropshire, there was a forest just like this one, thick with trees and animals and life. The autumn was just starting, the leaves were beginning to fall, to make their carpet on the floor and crunching among them in the great warlike boots of armour came the hero, wild Edric. If there was a stronger man in that place, nobody knew him. If there was a wiser man in Shropshire, nobody knew him. He was wild Edric, and he fought against the Norman invaders like no other. Wherever they went, he and his men would hide out and ambush. If they came into a village, he would make sure all the villagers were safe and gone. He revolted against the rule of William I like nobody else. He was called Wild Edric, for he was wild in aspect, strong in arms, but as wise as the woodland animal. But on this day, of all days, in this forest in Shropshire, his armoured boots trudged with a slow, solemn march of someone with the world on his mind. Edric was dirty, Edric was tired, Edric ached in every part of his body. He was on his own, for yesterday he had suffered a terrible defeat. An attack on a Norman carriage had gone wrong and many of his men had lost their lives. He was wounded with a cut in the arm, but the worst wound was in his mind, because he realised that his war was being lost. The enemy were too numerous. Support for them in the country was gathering, and support for him was ebbing away, apart from in Shropshire, where the people loved him like the king of their own. His heart beat with melancholy. It was like a cloud followed him wherever he went. 
as he walked through the woods. He came across a small stream similar to the babbling brook that we know well and sat next to it to watch the water flowing by to ease the ache in his head. He closed his eyes, listened to the chirping of the birds, listened to the wild animals far away. And then he remembered the dream he had last night. As he lay hiding in the forest, cold to his very soul, he had had a wonderful dream. In it, he walked through a forest glade to see a maiden with long glowing hair and flowers ringed around it. Her face was as beautiful as the summer dawn. She held out her hands to greet him, and she smiled like a hoard of gold. She whispered something in his ear. He cannot remember exactly what she said, but it meant peace. His heart grew happy for the first time in a long time. All his weariness seemed to disappear and vanish. And then she laughed and kissed him on the lips. It was the finest kiss he had ever had. The taste was like wild honey, and he wanted more. But then suddenly a noise far away had woken him from his slumber, and the lady's face seemed to vanish from his sight as he sat upright, his heart beating steadily in his chest. Now he realised where he was again. The weight of all the fight against the Normans on his broad shoulders had made him grow weary. Suddenly he heard steps behind him and he turned around, his hand went to his sword. But there, coming through the woodland, was his young page, the boy Edwy. Now Edric had looked after him for many years, since he was a small child. And he had joined his master in battle, in hunting, in wisdom, in governance, in everything that they did. And Edric put his sword back in his sheath. He saw that Edoy carried his bow and a quiver full of arrows. And he himself was messy and dirty and blackened and tired. And he sat next to his master by the stream. How are you, boy? said Edric. I am fine, my lord, although I am worried for you. But my heart is opened, because last night I... I had a dream. Edric turned to the young boy. So did I. Tell me of yours. Well, it was quite simple, my lord, but the dream asked me to fire two arrows... Ignore the first one, but wherever the second one landed, I would find a treasure beyond my dreams. I know we shouldn't listen to such things, but I just feel that maybe, just maybe, this dream holds the key to some of our hopes. Never ignore a dream that gives you guidance. Never ignore that voice in your head that offers hope. Let's do it. 
Take two arrows from your quiver. Put your mark upon the shaft, and then fire them into the forest. Let us see where that second one lands. Very well, my lord. Edric and Edwy stood up, and the young boy pulled out an arrow, marked its shaft with his initials, and then held the bow to his cheek. Both of them looked as he let go of the string, and the arrow fired through the trees. They watched it rise into the sky and then be lost amongst the leaves of a tree. Both of them smiled, for this arrow was not important. But then Edoi drew the second one. He marked his initials upon the shaft. And then Edric took the arrow from him and, using his knife, marked his initials as well. The young boy fired the arrow into the trees. They saw it rise in the sky. They saw it being lost among the branches. But then they saw exactly where it started to come down. And both of them splashed through the stream. They came across a wooded path, but followed the trajectory of the arrow as they made their way into the thickest part of the forest. And there they came, to the place where it had landed. Both of them bursting into a clearing, and there at its centre was an ancient oak, as old as the mountains. They looked at it and saw the arrow sticking in its trunk, still shaking back and forth. But then their sight was drawn elsewhere, for ringing the oak were a circle of the finest maidens any of them had ever seen. All of them danced and sung and laughed around the oak. Both Edric and Edwin stared at the maidens for what seemed like an eternity, until the ring of dancers made its way round and then suddenly stopped. The dancer at the head of the circle turned around and looked at them both, and Edric gasped for it was the woman from his dreams. She held out her arms, exactly as she had done in the dream the night before, causing the wild lord to almost stumble. Both he and Edoy walked forward. One of the maidens reached up and pulled the arrow from the tree and gave it back to Edoy the boy. The dream maiden her blonde hair falling amongst her shoulders, whispered something in Edric's ear, which caused the wizened warrior to smile. He turned and looked at Edwy, and then looked back at her. She took him by the hand. All the maidens suddenly seemed to walk towards the tree, and as they reached its giant trunk, they placed their hand on the wood, and one by one they slowly vanished. Edric turned around and looked at Edoy's page, then looked at the maiden who held him by his hand. He smiled, a sad, lonely smile, at his page, 
and a single tear fell down his cheek before he turned and joined the otherworldly maiden, one of the Tulwith Teg, one of the Bendith Amamai, the very Voke, and placed both their hands on the trunk of the old oak at the heart of the forest and vanished, never to be seen again. Edoy the page started to cry. He turned from the oak and ran back until he came to the first village where he told the tale of how Edric the Wild had left this realm to seek rest, reassurance and joy in the other world. And as far as we still know, that is where he still remains. Although it is said that whenever Shropshire needs him, whenever that wonderful place of tales desires a hero, he will return, riding his wild stallion over the rolling hills of southwest Shropshire. The great lord, Edric the Wild, who stood against all that was bad and evil to fight for the people of Shropshire, will return once more. And that, my friends, is the tale of the fate of Edric the Wild, told by me to you at the time between times. Thank you for listening. My name is Owen Staten. I thank you so much for supporting this podcast. You might also want to listen to the other podcast that I co-write and co-perform with my good friend Bethan Briggs-Miller. It is called Spectre of the Sea. If you have any story suggestions, why not write to me at owenstaten at aol.com. And I would really appreciate your support on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com forward slash owenstaten or become one of my growing band of Patreons, for I offer new content, new mindful listens, new videos, new blogs, on both Ko-fi and Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Owen Staten 7. Or join me on Twitter on a Sunday night at Twitter Spaces, at Owen S. Griffiths, for a tale traditionally told to end the week. Thank you to Mark. And thank you to Amy. I hope you all have a great time. Take care, my friends. No stop.